When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. You know what time it is? It's time for football and time to jump into the action at FanDuel Sportsbook and lounge at Live Casino. Bet on your favorite teams at our self-service kiosk and sit back and watch the players duke it out on the field on our massive 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino, and this is the last podcast for me for the week and for the regular season. And I will be back, you know, Sunday evening to record a live response. A little bit different thing this week I'm doing is, along with Stan Saverin, I am hosting the Radio Steelers postgame show. So I will, uh, as soon as that's pretty much wraps up, I will probably get the podcast to you guys as well. So I'll be doing a lot of talking about this game from pretty much the minute it ends and we'll be pretty on top of it as usual. But as this podcast goes every week, uh, I got some general bullet points for you. We did offense and defense yesterday, and then I have a bunch of matchups that are key matchups to me here. So let's dig in. Uh, This is kind of some basic stuff, but at eight and eight, Pittsburgh is one game ahead of the Browns in the AFC North. Steelers are three and four at home this year. Browns are three and five on the road. Within the division, Pittsburgh is two and three compared to three and two by the Browns. And within the AFC, both teams are four and seven, which is killing the Steelers' playoff chances because of tiebreakers. Uh, the Browns have been outscored by six points this year, while Pittsburgh is minus 52 still in point differential. However, since the Steelers' week nine bye, they have outscored their opponents by 25 points and are six and two over that stretch. Over those same eight games, the Browns are minus seven in point differential. So, for the year, Steelers' offense averages just 4.9 yards per play. Cleveland's averages 5.3 on offense, but they're at 4.5 over their last three games. This offense is really struggling lately for Cleveland. Browns' defense gives up 5.4 yards per play compared to 5.5 by Pittsburgh's defense. But the Steelers are yielding just 4.5 yards per play over their past three games. It's really good. Um, When these teams met in week three, Pittsburgh possessed the ball for just under 24 minutes. Very, very low. Last week, the Browns held the ball for just 26-28, which is very low, especially for them. Because for the season, the Steelers possess the ball now 31 and 19 seconds on average, which is drastically up from when they played before and early in the year. The Browns are one of the few teams better. They're at 31-43. But over the last three games, Cleveland's possessed the ball slightly over 30 minutes. So they're like dead even. Where the Steelers have possessed the ball 34-21 over the last three games. A huge number. Um, 
Last week, I think you've probably heard this one, Kenny Pickett became the first rookie quarterback in NFL history to throw a game-winning touchdown pass with, with less than one minute in the fourth quarter in back-to-back games. First time it's ever happened in history. Uh, he has led four game-winning drives since week 10, Pickett has, the most of any NFL quarterback during that time. The Steelers are now plus three in turnover differential, while Cleveland has given the ball away as many times as they have caused a turnover. They're even Steven. But the Browns' 19 takeaways is better than only nine teams. Cleveland's defense did intercept Carson Wentz three times last week, giving them 11 for the season. But the Steelers' 18 interceptions leads the NFL, but Pittsburgh has the league's fewest fumble recoveries. I mean, we've been saying that for weeks. They haven't recovered a fumble forever. Uh, Pittsburgh has given the ball away 18 times compared to 19 by the Browns. Just six offenses have 19 or, f- or 17 or fewer takeaways. Only the Raiders have lost fewer fumbles than Pittsburgh this year. So the f- Steelers don't lose any fumbles. They don't gain any fumbles. It's crazy. Uh, in terms of penalty yards per game, Pittsburgh is 10th best, while the Browns are 22nd. Browns commit 50 yards of penalties on average per game. The Steelers' offense starts drives with the fourth worst starting field position in the NFL, and Pittsburgh's defense starts with the seventh worst field position in the NFL. Not a ring endorsement for the special teams, by the way. Uh, Including the 37 points the Steelers gave up to Cincinnati, Pittsburgh is allowing an average of just 16.9 points per game since their week nine bye. It's pretty darn good. In terms of yards per route run, Amari Cooper comes in at 2.11. Anything over two is spectacular. Donovan Peoples-Jones is at 1.5. Deontay Johnson's at 1.44. And George Pickens produces 1.32 yards every time he runs a route. At tight end, Pat Fryermuth is at 1.76. That's a very high number for a tight end. And remember I told you, two is really good for a wide receiver. And David Njoku is having a good year too at 1.61. Um, and coincidentally, both Fryermuth and Njoku align in the slot 35% of their snaps. So their usage is pretty similar. Uh, last little nugget I have here is... Over the last three seasons, in games that T.J. Watt has played 60% of the snaps or more, always played 60%, so some of those games he only you know, started, didn't finish, whatever, but played the majority. In, in those games over the last three years, the Steelers are 28-7. and seven. Pretty darn good. The games Watt has not played 60% of the snaps or more, the Steelers are... 112 and 1. Whoa. All right, quick break for me, quick water break, and we will be back here to talk about these individual matchups. Here we go. All right, let's talk about quickly when Cleveland has the ball. Which Deshaun Watson are we going to see? I mean, he has, since he came back week 13 in Houston, was horrendous. 
He's been getting slightly better ever since. The second half last week was definitely his best performance since his suspension or since he was a Texan. And remember, he had a 700-day layoff between playing. But by no means has he been good. By no means has he been close to the player that the Browns thought they were buying. doesn't mean it can't happen or it can't happen in this game. And a big key is he's been holding the ball very, very long. And last week was the worst culprit of all. I mean, just tick, 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 holding it in the pocket, being frenetic in the pocket, not playing on time. So which Watson are we going to get? Now, it's not quite the same level as the Raiders we just saw, but such a high percentage of their offense in a Jacobs-Adams-like manner goes through Chubb and Amari Cooper. So can you use a similar game plan? Will they treat Amari to the extreme level that they did treat Adams, you know, and focus on those two players and, hey, if everybody else beats you, Peoples-Jones, Najoku, much like Waller and Renfro and those guys, you can live with it. I'm betting they roll out a similar game plan, especially like on third downs. I would think you have one of the taller, longer corners banging Amari around at the line of scrimmage, often with KZ over the top of him. And they're going to focus like crazy on Chubb. And a big key too with the run game, Chubb's going to get his, you know, you're not going to, They're not going to run for 20 yards. They're not going to run for 40 yards. But if Chubb, unlike some of these other rushing attacks they've faced, he's so explosive that no long runs is what I have here. Exclamation point, exclamation point. So that's a big key to me. Um, So when the Steelers have the ball, I would imagine it'll shock me if they don't stay extremely patient with the run game. I mean, that's their formula. I don't think the Browns are very capable of going out 20 nothing before you know it. And particularly runs up the middle. You know, Harris was been really good with these interior runs. They double well. They get to the second level well as, as interior blockers, guards, and center. And this interior for the Browns defense is horrendous. And I, I very much thought when the season started that their defensive tackle room position group was one of the weakest position groups on any team in any position in the league. And that's absolutely true, true at the moment. And then their linebackers are true off the ball guys. They have backups galore. I mean, the guys they count on playing at linebacker are all out. So attack up the middle with downhill power runs, no turnovers for Kenny. I think that goes hand in hand. Hey, I mean, he's not hes not going to be perfect. He's not going to, you know, throw one interception every half dozen games like he is now. I don't want him to be ultra conservative by any stretch, but turnovers are always going to be unbelievably key for this team because it's not an explosive offense and they're always going to have to play things close to the vest. And this is a really good secondary. I mean, Miles Garrett aside, the strength of the Browns defense is definitely their cover people. But I hope they're not shying away from attacking matchups, you know, kind of like they did with Baltimore. You know, like if you get Pickens on Humphrey and it's one-on-one or Deontay on those guys, and the same is true for their cover guys, go after it. You know, I mean, I hope you're not afraid of their secondary. Of course, you need to double Miles Garrett all the time. I mean, every pass play for sure. Um, Dan Moore is fine, but I need Dan Moore in a back. I need Dan Moore and... 
uh, Gentry. I mean, he has to be the focal point of your entire protection scheme without question. Not only because he's awesome, but because their other guys aren't. I mean, even Jadavian Clowney is not a pure pass rusher. He's more of a run stuffer, stuffer, disruptor. I mean, he's a power go-through-you guy, but he's not a bendy edge dude. Um, my last two nuggets here are play action, question mark. I mean, against these backup linebackers that haven't played a lot, if you're running down their throat, please use play action. I mean, it doesn't even have to be for play action go routes. I mean, how about play action, get those linebackers to step up and get Fryermuth behind them or, you know, a, a, an in-breaking Pickens route. Ooh, uh, how about that? And then lastly, um, special teams are going to be huge here. Kickers are going to be huge, um, as always. But my last little nugget here is these two kickers, Chris Boswell and Cade York, who they were all super excited about in Cleveland. They've combined to miss 16 of their 50 total field goals attempt. So both kickers have missed eight field goals this year. So that's key. I mean, I have not lost faith in Boz, but you know, with the kicker, it's the numbers don't lie and his numbers aren't great this year. So that is a wrap. Um, everyone have a great weekend. We will talk Sunday night. Crazy playoff stuff going on around the league, of course. So we'll be all in tune with that. Take care.